Welcome to Women Inseparable with author and speaker Jacqueline Palmer. In the Light is a nine-week study where we'll see the power and presence of light seen throughout Scripture. Here's Jacqueline. Second Corinthians chapter four is where we want to um, focus on today as we discuss in the light. But first, um, let's pray. Heavenly Father, you're amazing. You're so wonderful. You're so big. You're so faithful. I love your creation. I absolutely am in awe. From the moment you spoke, let there be light to the very announcement of birth that is happening this very moment. Lord, you are a creator of all things and you call them good. I thank you so much for being a creator. I thank you for creating each and every woman that is in this room, each and every woman that is part of Women Inseparable. I thank you upon thank you for your creation. I thank you that you've given us a place to come together to worship you, to read your scripture, to proclaim your name and to lift one another up in laughter and tears and hugs and in just being real with one another. I pray that you will help us all just to breathe. I pray today, I pray this moment that we will all be able to stop and breathe. I pray your word will be open, not just to our eyes, not just to our ears, but that they'll be open to our heart. Father God, I pray that you will speak your truth upon each of our hearts as we need to hear them today. And I pray that our hearts will be so open and we'll hear every single word, every single song that you have for us to hear. In the name of Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. Second Corinthians, we were talking about in the light. We've been talking about God as light. We've been talking Jesus Christ is the light. We've been talking that Jesus says of you, you are the light. And we've been trying to wrap our head around the depth of that sentence. Have you wrapped your head fully around that sentence yet? Or are you still trying to figure that one out? I'm still trying to figure that out. It's a deep, heavy, easy, amazing, profound, simple statement. You're the light of the world. Right now, as you are, where you are. Today, as we look at 2 Corinthians, my prayer is that we won't try to be the light of the world. Have you ever tried? <laughs> Anybody else guilty of trying really hard? In any area of life, we try. We try, I know when I first had a child, you remember that day? They trust you to take a human being home. <laughs> and you want to say, like, wait, you don't know who you're talking to. So I take this little human home, and I didn't bathe my human for weeks because I knew he was slippery, and I would drop him, and he would break in half. I knew this would happen. So my husband would work all day for UPS, and then he would come home and bathe our slippery human. I was a good mommy. I was scared to death. I'm in the room, the umbilical cord falls off, and I screamed. <laughs> the mommy thing, God's like, I'm gonna give you one. <laughs> the older the child got, the more he was able to communicate and be like, mom, this is my problem. And I could say, okay, I understand your problem. Let's talk it out. Good as gold, good mom. The mommy thing, Lord have mercy, I felt like I was trying 
trying to be a mommy and I felt like I was failing immensely. When I was a newlywed, remember those days? Trying to be a good wife, trying to make your house the way your house is supposed to look and you're trying and trying. I felt like I was playing house for at least five years. <laughs> Seriously, I was playing house. Like this isn't my house. It didn't feel real. The thing that changed in my head with that was I had a human to take care of. So I no longer was playing pretend with my house. I started playing pretend with my baby. I don't know where this is going. Do you ever? <laughs> Am I the only one that tries to be something that you're not? We try, because we really want to be our best that we want to be, right? So we always want to pr produce this image, this show, this, the best of us, and it sometimes comes out as if we're trying way too hard. I'm guilty of that. I think when it comes to the sentence, you are the light of the world, I think this is where we as Christian women have failed. Not always, not in every way, but I think in, in some of us, at least a moment or two in our life. We could stand, and maybe I'm the only one that can stand here on my tall new chair and say, I have tried way too hard to be the light of the world, to the point that my light was offensive. Have you ever been there? And we confuse being the light of the world with being a good Christian girl. And we confuse being the light of the world to uh, really standing tall on our standards and our convictions to the point that we say, this is how bright my light is. You need to live your light like I live my light <laughs> so that you, therefore, can be the light of the world like me. Right? Do you want to come sit with me, Jane? <laughs> Would anybody else be honest and say, I've done that? Or maybe we've known somebody. That's always easier, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's point our fingers that way. We know that person, we've heard that preaching, we've been in that Bible study where the women are forever saying, this is my light, I have nailed the light, I am the image of light, follow me. And we forget the whole that you, as you are where you are, you are the light of the world. And that sentence is spoken to every single member of the family of God. That's to every single woman in this room in a women inseparable study individually. This is every single Christian in another city in a different state living in a totally different lifestyle than us. If they know Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior, they today, as they are where they are, are the light of the world. We could go across the world. My best friend, I met her when I was, you know, pregnant with that little human that I was trusted with. She's six foot and she was pregnant. I am five foot and I was pregnant. There's injustices in the world. That's one of them. This is how we met. This was 16 years ago. She and her husband and their five children are leaving on the 15th of this month of February to relocate as medical missionaries to Togo, Africa. We look at her name is Kate and her husband's name is Brandon. 
we look at them and we think, oh, they are the light of the world. And the answer is yes, they are. And they're going from the city of Las Vegas that is filled with individuals that know Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior, and each and every one of them are the light of the world. Some of the Christians in Las Vegas don't live the way we live here in Idaho. Do you know that? Different convictions, different standards, different ways of living, and you and her in that city have the same exact reputation. Interesting, isn't it? And yet we try so hard to be something else. What's the point? You are the light of the world. My girlfriend and her husband are moving to Togo, Africa. Culture, lifestyle, habits, totally, totally night and day. Those people in Togo that know Jesus as their savior, where they are, as they are, they are the light of the world. Isn't that beautiful? God's creation is so abundant. He created light and then he created us. And in his eyes, it's the same thing. I can't wrap my head around it. We've been teaching and working on this study for four weeks now, and I can't wrap my head around the fact that God sees light and Jacqueline simultaneous. That's too big. It's too big for my little head. Can't figure that out. That's who we are. That's who you are. Don't try to be. That's when we get in the way. You are the light of the world. So with that said, as we bring in scripture, because that's why we're here, scripture, the title of this week is that it's brighter than darkness, brighter than darkness. We live in a city and I don't know with our podcast girls or video girls, what city they are living in. But this statement is true for everybody in every city. We live in a city that has darkness in it. Do you agree? No matter where our neighborhood is, you live in a neighborhood where there's darkness in it. Do you agree? It doesn't matter what home we live in, there's darkness. It doesn't matter what government you're under, there's darkness. We are the light of what? The world. Second Corinthians chapter four. I'm gonna start with this verse. Second Corinthians chapter four, verse four. It says in their case, and we're pulling out a pronoun. This pronoun is talking about the people that do not know Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. In their case, the God of this world has blinded the minds of the unbelievers to keep them from seeing the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ, who is the image of God. Second Corinthians 4, 4, I'm partly wondering at this very moment if that is the only verse we're going to talk, read specifically in scripture. We're talking about we are the light of the world and our light, his light is brighter than darkness. We know that's true. We can look at our own individual stories and say, I once was dark, but now I'm light. Can you say that sentence? I pray that you can. If you can't, if you don't know Jesus as your Savior, I pray today's your day of salvation. If you have questions, ask. Jesus changes everything. With the, and if I may, with the assumption that you and I are standing together as women declaring 
we know Jesus Christ is our Lord and Savior. We are followers of Jesus. This is what we need to, this is what we need to truly memorize. I don't know where you are with your ability to memorize scripture, but if you can memorize one verse, can you memorize this one verse this week with me? Write it on a note card, write it somewhere, write it every day, write it five times a day. Pretend you got sent to the principal's office and you have to write the sentence a hundred times a day. Do that. Whatever you can do, if you're musical, put it to song and then make a YouTube video and send it to us. <laughs> and we could all learn a song. I'm not going to sing it out loud, though. You don't want me to. Second Corinthians chapter four, verse four. There are some questions as we look at this verse. It says, in their case, the God of this world. It's a good time to stop and ask a question. Who is the God of this world? Some of your scriptures have it specifically in your version. Who is the God of this world? Satan. Satan. So we're thinking of the darkness, right? Because that's who we want to impact. This is why God has called us to be the light of the world. Because God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believes in him will not perish, will not any longer be part of the darkness. So you and I are the light of the world. Not so we can try to bring the dark to the light. We don't want to try. We don't want to drag them, club them, dr pull them in. We need to be the light of the world, not blinding them, not shoving it down their throats, not bragging on our light. We need to be the light of the world. As you are where you are, we have to. And here's why. Here's what we're up against. The God of this world, and this is such interesting wording, the God of this world has blinded. I'm going to just stop right there. How do you blind somebody? How do you blind somebody? What do you need? A bright light. You have to have a bright light to blind somebody, right? My sweet Jane, who always gets to sit right here in front of me, if I had my husband's power flashlight and I shine it in my <laughs> sweet friend's eyeballs, that sounds so mean. I can't even like seriously say this sentence. But I could blind my sweet friend, couldn't I? With the light. You have to have light to blind somebody. It's the whole word blind. But yet in this sentence, and this is what's fascinating, the God of this world did the blinding, which means he had a light. He's blinding with light. Isn't that fascinating? It doesn't match. Which means we could say that Satan, who is identified as the father of what? lies is using darkness and calling it light and is blinding the unsaved with it. He has created a light out of darkness that is blinding the unsaved. That is the light that we're up against. How important is it that we wrap our heads around the fact that we are the light of the world? You say, but I'm trying so hard. This friend of mine, this family member of mine, my child is unsaved and I want my light to be in them. They're blinded by a darkness that Satan has called light and has convinced this verse has convinced their minds that that lightness is the correct light. And that's an interesting thing that came from this verse. My next question and our, can I say form of attack? I'm going to say form of attack. I pray the spirit will put the right phrase that we need to hear in our situations. But this scripture, 2 Corinthians 4, 4 says that the God of this world has blinded what? Minds. And I looked at a lot of different versions on this one. And minds 
flies throughout the different versions. He goes after their minds. So here we are as the light of the world, and what do we want to do when we're talking to the unsaved? We want to fix their thoughts, don't we? How often are we battling other people's thoughts? Well, your thoughts are, your thoughts are wrong. So here's the truth, and we want to do a verbal battle. Mind against mind, mind against mind, thought against thought. But what does Jesus do? How did Jesus get you? Consider that. How did Jesus get you? Where does Jesus live in us? Some of us may need to sing an old child Sunday school song. But Jesus Christ comes and he fills our hearts with his love. He comes after our heart. And as a Christian woman, he wants us to continue remaining in that world of heart. And with the Holy Spirit in us, then our thoughts change. Have you noticed from the day you got saved to today, there's been a change of your mentality? But the day you got saved, your mind was still your mind. And you look back and you say, when I first got saved, I thought this. But the more I read my scripture and the more the Holy Spirit was in me, truth has been revealed over time. God starts with our heart. He does not start with our head. But yet when we as the light of the world want to impact the darkness, we go to their head. Maybe we have that wrong. Maybe we ought not have mental battles with the unsaved anymore. Maybe when the unsaved are expressing, and I'm talking very personal people in our lives, not, I'm not talking Facebook battles, I'm not talking social media battles, I'm talking humans that you know, humans that if we pulled out our whiteboard, we did this, um, when did we do this? We put up our list of our, of our people. If we filled up our whiteboard today or wrote on our paper that unsaved person, that person that is in our heart, that, that child, that friend, that spouse, picture that person and the conversations we have with that person. Imagine if the next time we sit with him or her and they start expressing their mind to you, what would happen if we sat and listened? Sit and listen. They're unsaved. They're unsaved. They're not going to think like you. It's not your job to fix their thoughts. It's your job to attach their heart to Jesus. That's our job. That's what the light does. Satan has blinded their eyes, but Jesus Christ rose again for their heart. Our job is to impact that heart. And you're not going to get to that person's heart unless they know they can trust you with their thoughts. And if they're trusting you with their thoughts, like this is my opinion about this, this is how I view, this is how I feel about this and you say with open hands i hear your words i hear your thoughts thank you for trusting me with your thoughts that's great you have a good heart i heard a statement last night um, at the teacher that was teaching the class that i was in he says compliment their love for people a lot of people that are unsaved have a love for humanity they have a love for humanity and their love for humanity may differ than your personal conviction based on scripture. And when their love for humanity differs from our standard on scripture, we start closing the book and blinding them with the light of your conviction. And there's no salvation going to happen there. But if we can find a compliment and say to this person, I'm stealing this from a professor from Boise Bible College, but if you can compliment the person who shared their thought and say, I love your heart for humanity. 
That's admirable. What did you just do for Jesus right there? Did you just show the love of Jesus? Isn't that sweet? And it's a little easier than saying, nah-uh. <laughs> You're like, nope, it's pretty easy for me to do that. I can debate with the best of them. We're not called to debate. We're not called to prove what's right. We're not called to stand up for any rights. We're called to be the light of the world. And when we're the light of the world, we have to know our audience. And your audience may differ. When you're with your child and your child is unsaved, that is the only audience that matters at that moment. It doesn't matter what other unsaved people are going to feel. It doesn't matter what your Christian people are going to feel. The only thing that matters at that very moment is that unsaved child that's sitting in front of you. That is the only audience that matters. You are the light of the world. That child's eyes have been blinded by darkness that has been called light. You, you shine the light into that child's heart. Kind of removes a lot of stuff off the table, doesn't it? And we want to get like first. Sometimes we want to say like, okay, well, this is where they believe, so I need to study up on what they believe. No, that's just engaging in a mental battle. That's just basically we try to do that so we can know where they stand, so we can prove that where they stand is wrong. Mm -hmm. Their minds, their minds have been impacted. We need to impact hearts. Does that make sense? Second Corinthians 4, 4. It says the God of this world has blinded the minds of the unbelievers to keep them. This is Satan's goal. His goal is to keep them from seeing what? The light of the gospel. He is, Satan is disgusting. He's absolutely disgusting. He's gross and he's unoriginal. Am I allowed to call Satan? Now, there are preachers that say, don't ever talk badly about Satan. I don't like him. He's got games that he plays, that he's been playing since the beginning of time that work. So he plays the same game. He doesn't need to come up with new cards. He's got the same cards that he plays. We can all sit, I'm sure, and tell our stories. And when our stories talk about Satan and what Satan has done in our lives or what Satan is doing in our people's lives, the cards are basically the same. Same technique, same game, same, same role. That's what he does. He gets the light, the truth of the light, and he changes it. And it works. It works drastically. Look at the world in which we live. Look in the world in which we're called to be the light thereof. Satan is powerful. He's powerful and he's gross. And Isaiah 14 says one day we're going to stand and we're going to look at him and we're going to be shocked. And we're going to declare that that's the one. He's the one that caused damage. As if we're looking at a bug and being he is so minimal and we let that win. He may call darkness light, but Jesus calls you light. Who are you going to believe? Who are you going to stand with? Who are you going to shine for? And we need to be careful not to try. Don't try to be the light because the unsaved see right through it. We as Christian women see right through it with one another, don't we? Like, I don't like going to women's Bible studies. They're fake. Why? Why, why has this been said once or twice? Because we go to places as Christian women and, and we try. And I think what I feel, at least in this room, is that we're over that. Right? It's freedom. 
to not have to put on a persona and we can go among our Christian women and be very real. How we've learned to be is how we need to be in the world. But what if I mess up? Isn't that real? What if I say something? What if I get comfortable in a conversation and I say something? Do you think God's big enough to handle that? I think God can use that. It's beautiful. God has created you to be you, so be you. That's why God has allowed that unsaved person to be in your life, because he wants you to be the light to that person. He doesn't want you to change who you are to be a light to that person, because that person doesn't need that person you're trying to be. Huh. Please don't ask me to repeat that. <laughs> you can only impact the unsaved the way you are. This is why it's beautiful that we get saved in different situations. Do you notice that when you get saved, God doesn't pull you from that, that marriage instantly and put you into a good, holy, wonderful, beautiful marriage? You get saved as a wife in that marriage as it is. Why? Because you are the light of the world. And that husband is going to see the light in you as you are. And he'll come to the Lord through that. Not because you put on this new skirt that's real long and holy. <laughs> and not because you refuse to braid your hair because scripture gets twisted. But because he sees you fall in love with Jesus. And that's the answer. That's what I ask you to do this week is read the first few chapters of 2 Corinthians. By all means, read all 13 chapters. But if you start your journey just in, first, in 2 Corinthians chapter 1 and write the word light, write the word light on your paper or even in your scripture and look at how Paul was the light. Look at how Timothy, who was traveling with him, was the light. Look at how the world received their light and look at how Paul perceived the light to the unsaved. You're going to see the word sincerity twice in the first few chapters. He was sincere. That was Paul. Paul was sincere. If you are the light of the world, what does sincere look like on you? That's not trying. That's real. What does sincere look like on you? That's our goal. Are you picturing that? And it's going to be different for each of us which is a whole different topic, topic of conversation of not to judge when we see a Christian be a light to the world. You have no idea what the Holy Spirit is doing over there. So don't you dare say, I saw somebody at a restaurant. They were not the light of the world. <laughs> we don't say things like that, do we? If you are the light and I am the light and we're both real and somebody gets saved out of it, who cares what another Christian thinks of you at that moment? Does that make sense? Sometimes we worry too much about what our Christian society is going to say about me than we do about a soul being changed from dark to light. We must put salvation first. We must put salvation first. Paul says in 1 Corinthians chapter 9 and, and chapter 10, both of them, he talks about, I will be all things to all people. Why? So that some may get saved. Not everybody that is in the darkness is going to come to the light. Not everybody is going to. It's a heartbreaking truth 
of the power of Satan's blinding ability. But if we can be all things to all people, that's all of us being all things to all people as the light of the world, as we are where we are naturally and with sincerity, then some of those people that are on our heart right now will get saved. Some of those people will get saved. Does that make you want to shout for joy? Oh, that we will all stand together individually with sincerity and lead the darkness to light and do that by being so real and not judging one another's realness. Those are my two pleas. Oh, I prayed this morning that God would open my eyes to what verses in 2 Corinthians I was going to focus on, and he gave me one. Spend time in 2 Corinthians. Look and see how Paul impacted his world, and pray, God, help me to impact my world with sincerity. That's the prayer. Father God, thank you. Thank you. Your scripture is so big. It's so applicable. It doesn't matter what generation. It doesn't matter what society. It doesn't matter what city or what home. It's so real. And it's so, so very helpful. I pray that we will, that we'll cling, that we'll cling to the truth the truth that you've called us light, the truth that you've given us the sword to be the light, the freedom to be the light. I pray that you'll help us to all be so sincere, that we'll be real, that we'll worry more about the soul of the unsaved than about our own determination to try to be the light of the world. Father God, I pray I pray that your light will be so much brighter than the darkness. I pray for freedom upon each and every one of those minds that are blinded by the light of Satan. I pray in the name of Jesus Christ, if I may, I pray freedom from that darkness. I pray that you'll release that trapping on the brain so that their heart will be receptive of Jesus Christ. I pray that right now. I have girlfriends that are in this room, girlfriends that are watching this video who I know their child by name who are unsaved. And I know the prayer of these moms over their children. Father God, I pray in the name of Jesus Christ that these children's minds will be open so that their hearts will be open to the love of Jesus Christ. I pray salvation. Father God, I pray that these moms will be the light of the world as they are with the love and the depth that they have for these sweet kids. I pray this over our husbands. I pray this over our grandchildren. I pray this over our neighbors. I pray this over our city. I pray this over our government. I pray this over the world that you loved so much that you gave your only begotten son Oh, Father God, that eternal life becomes the gift that is so embraced by every name that has just been prayed over and every heart that has been united in prayer this very moment. In the name of Jesus Christ, we praise you and we thank you. Amen. Thank you for joining us today. If you would like to receive a copy of the guide for this study, or you would like us to pray for you, send us an email at womeninseparable at gmail.com. You can find more Women Inseparable studies on various social media platforms.